Welcome to The Rot Focus, a podcast for writers, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee, with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Runes, all from Writers, Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, grab a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. It's the June Writing Challenge. Let's start with the check-in. This second week is the actual start of the novel. For the first week, I only achieved 2,592 words. Not much to show with a goal of 1,500 words per day minimum. I knew this would happen. I sketched a lot of scenes, however, and that benefit began to show this week. So, on day 7, I only had 2,592 words or 370 words per day. (laughs) Not much. This week shows the benefit of foundational work in three extraordinary days. I'm only giving the word counts for six days, June 8 to June 13, because this day, June 14, is the podcast episode day. It worked last week. I knew I would spend June 7 on research and other projects. That won't work this week, so June 14 will be reported with the third week. June 8, rough writing, working on the manuscript, 3,135 words, yippee, June 9, 1,600 words, pages 21 to 27, which takes me from chapter 2 into the chapter 3, June 10, 1,688 words, pages 28 to 35, moving me from chapter 4 into chapter 5. June 11, no words to count on that day. I knew this day would be a family gathering, so I sketched ideas, but I have no official word to count. June 12, 2,300, chapter 5 into chapter 6, and June 13, Rough writing again, 2,000 words, chapter 6 into chapter 7. That's 10,723 words over 6 days. That's 1,787 words per day, 286 over my daily goal of 1,500 words per day, still far short of 21,000 words, which is where I should be for June 14. But I knew I would have foundational work, which better represents how much writer can achieve in one month. So last week, first week of the challenge, is heavy in the sketch stage. This week, pours into the rough write stage. I won't touch the draft stage until I'm near the end of the rough write. When I first began writing, I had no stages. I just launched reworked constantly, and really had no idea what I was doing or where the manuscript was going. Several years ago, when I actually started generating more than one manuscript per year, my seven stages were ideas, shape, draft, revise, enhance, edit, print. 
I had no idea about publishing then. A couple of years after I began publishing, I realigned the stages to match what I was actually doing and revised them to the seven that I now think of when I'm writing. Ideas, sketch, rough write, draft, proof plus, corrections, and publishing. I detailed those in last week's episode. All of the stages have additional tasks within them, but I only really consider about the broad scope. I don't try to get into the nitty-gritty of the process. In my sketch world, I'm a pastor in puzzling behavior, which means that I may sketch out scenes at many different points in the novel, end before the beginning, late middle before the mid-middle, and that kind of thing. I'm writing different kinds of sketches at different points in the novel, and then I have to organize them. The sketch follows my intuitive sense of story and sense of what I want a scene to be. After I place the scenes into an archetypal story pattern, I usually do not have to write additional scenes. The archetypal story pattern helps me know what part of the story may be missing. If you're curious about the archetypal story pattern, I talk about that in my book, Discovering Plot. I'll go through Discovering Plot in the fall of this year. It's based upon Christopher Vogler's The Writer's Journey, but it really sort of messes with that and considers other things as well. I'm an amalgamation of everything I have learned about writing over the years. In the rough write stage, which is where I am now, I remain a pastor following a story's chronological progression. I like to write the book as if I'm a reader reading the book. If I write a scene on one day, then can't immediately start back on the next day, then I will pull out that scene and start writing from its beginning or its middle or wherever I feel best about that. Any day that I feel blocked, I will rewrite that scene entirely. Sometimes I have to back up and insert scenes into the rough work. When I'm blocked, usually I've missed a step, which I will see during a second run at a scene. I might call it a rewrite, except that it's not a rewrite, because usually the scene completely changes. It might get broken into four or five different scenes, with other scenes inserted in the middle of it. That's usually why I am blocked. I've missed a step, and I have to go back and pick it up and then continue on with it. In drafting and afterward, I become plotter in a chronological progression, sticking tightly to the story arc to ensure all my scenes fit together and all sequels flow from scene to scene without disruptions. In drafting a mystery, for example, I have to ensure enough real clues and red herrings are included for the reader. I hope you're achieving your goals for the month of June. And remember, there's no better indicator of writing success than to write every day. When I have trouble starting back writing, it's usually because I've taken time off that I really should not have taken. But something disrupted, then something distracted, and then it's so hard to get back into the smooth flow. Sometimes I have to start slow, 500 words or maybe even 250 words daily, just until I get back into the stream of things. 
But once the flow starts, maintaining the flow just keeps the flow going. There's no dam to stop the water of words. Here in the June Writing Challenge, I didn't really plan to talk about the craft of writing, but we're running a little short today. So I thought I would share something that I picked up years ago. I have no idea where. It's not mine. It doesn't belong to me. But it's the eight steps to a perfect scene. First, we have to identify the scene's purpose. The action, reaction to that, the process of events as they occur, the decision-making of our point-of-view character all through each element of the action and reactions. Every scene also, we're still in one, has to have new action to lead into the next. Whether we're dealing with mystery, conflict, or character revelation. Second, we have to identify the high moment, the greatest intense, the greatest angst, the greatest tension within that scene, and we write that. Usually, we lead into a scene with whatever occurred in the previous scene. So the high moment is the last element of the scene that we're writing before, as we lead into the next. During the course of that scene, number three, we emphasize conflict, inner conflict and outer conflict. That conflict has to advance the plot and expose a key bit about our character. We're going to emphasize number four, emphasize and accentuate the character change. James Scott Bell says every scene should have a death of a dream, of a relationship, of a plan, of an action, of a desire. For our point of view character, we need to show how he, that character feels before the start of the scene and how that character feels at the end of the scene. This can be a subtle change or a huge change. Fifth, in our eight steps to a perfect scene, determine our point of view by determining who has the most to lose or gain during the course of this scene? Who will have the strongest emotional reaction to the, whatever occurs? Who will change the most? Or whose reaction will most impact the plot? Number six, leave out the boring stuff. Cut anything that doesn't serve the purpose and inject backstory, but not at the expense of the present action. Definitely don't put backstory at the beginning or at the end when you're dealing with those high point moments, the high point from the previous scene at the beginning and the high point building to it and having it occur at the end of the scene. Number seven, have perfect beginnings and endings. The last paragraph and the closing line should ratchet up the conflict and underscore character transformation. What do you do with the first line? It should hook you in, primarily by dealing with that idea of who has the most to lose or gain, who's going to change the most, who has the strongest emotional reaction. Think about that as you're determining the beginning of the scene. And number eight, inject texture 
and sensory details. This is the last thing you do. Don't start with this. Inject the sensory and textual details at the end of your writing of the scene. Have a symbol to represent the character's arc and work with that symbol. Use vivid details to bring the scenes to life. Paint a picture for your reader. But remember, too much detail is boring and you can't overwrite. That takes us to the end of this week's episode. Come back next week, continuing to write on your challenge, and hear our check-in. Thanks for listening to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emma Lee from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at winkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.